0: Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Company and I'm so excited today to be talking about Bob's Burger, the movie with the creative team behind the feature film as well as the short film My Butt Has a Fever. We are joined today by writer and director Lauren Bouchard, director Bernard Derriman, screenwriter Nora Smith and producer Janelle Momory neely And I wanted to start with you, Lauren, because you've mentioned that when the idea of, the, of the creating a feature out of the Bob's Burger world first came up, that you were in the middle of working on a live show that had a lot of spectacle you know, confetti, brash lighting, um, and a real kind of just celebration visually. And so how did that inform the way that you started thinking about the initial concept of creating a larger world for Bob's Burgers? Because you've said that that the live show that you were working on at the time influenced the way that you started thinking about this.
1: Yeah, we took the live show very seriously. It was a, um, a great pleasure and, and a lot of fun also, but we saw the, the volume of, uh in front of us as the challenge right instead of just making this tv show that you know is it's essentially a, you know you're staring at a screen when you're when you're making it you're you're putting it on a screen and it and you go and watch it with your family on a screen we were when we were doing the live show it was we really thought about this row upon row of people who left their house in order to come see us on a Friday or a Saturday night. And so there was this feeling of like, how do we fill the whole room front to back, top to bottom, you know, blast some confetti out into the, the air above their heads and have a horn section so that pins them into their seats. And um, that it was just fun Um uh, for us, you know, none of us are theater people, so it was uh, putting on a different hat and trying on um, that set of, I guess, um, skills, we like to think. And the movie um, felt like, oh, that's an extension of that. Of course, you can't do confetti in a movie theater, but you almost can. If you if everything goes well, you're, the writing, the music, the picture, everything should feel like it is touching every row in that audience and and does tell them why it makes sense that they left their houses to come see the damn thing
0: that's so great and and for you Nora, you know one of the one of the things that's so great about the the feature and even the short as well is that both are created in a, in a way that if you've never seen the Bob's Burgers world and you've never seen the show, that you're introduced into this new space and everything still makes sense and you get to know and love and, and care about these characters. But you've also kind of peppered in references. And, and I've heard you say that one of the challenges in in making the feature film particularly was trying to figure out how to have enough references that pays homage to the show for people who've been fans for so many years, but also to not overly saturate it where someone coming in for the first time would be thrown off or a detail wouldn't necessarily make sense within the the grander narrative for them.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we had earlier drafts that had like 18 uh, cameos. <laughs> and like, it was just like a 300 page script where it was just like, like, Hey, I'm Courtney and I'm here too. And like, it was great. And we love those characters, but it was just like, It wasn't good for the plot and it wasn't good for like, it wasn't kind of fair to people that were just coming into it. Um, So yeah, it was a balance of figuring out how to make everybody happy and also just to make a movie that we would not knowing anything we would want to throw on and watch. Like there was the kind of genres we liked and the music and stuff. So it was just sort of striking that balance um,
0: with everybody in the world. (laughs) And and Bernard, in in directing this, you know, you've in essence been tasked with creating a visual language that, you know, takes everything that everybody knows and loves about the format of the show already, and then figuring out how to make that work in a more cinematic feel. Um, You know, and the characters obviously kind of need to be the same, but there's ways that you can enhance some of the exposition. Like I know, for example, Ruben Hickman, who was an art director on the film, really bought in a lot of usage of light and reflection, and you can literally see in individual scenes the way. Way that character shadows are moving based on where the light form's coming in. Um, and so what are some of the ways in which you wanted to take the overall visual aesthetic of the show and find details like that that could really enhance the way that you were telling the story?
3: Yeah, in, in a way we sort of did a, a flip of, of what we do on the show because on the show we, you know, we we, we have, you know, this sort of one-point perspective a lot, which we think works great with comedy and, and we shoot flat, but we knew for the feature we had to go, we had to go big. And, and go cinematic and and often on the show we, we have these little opportunities where you'll have a sequence of, a little bit of action or something and then when we will break away from what we normally do and but on this it was sort of the other way we had to like kind of be going mainly cinematic but it was also important to still have those shots so that the opening scene where the, the family are in the restaurant you know of course we had Ruben Hickman's like touch on everything which is just like every shot looks amazing once he throws in these shadows and stuff. But, but we also wanted to let the audience settle in and go, oh, yeah, this is, this is our show. We're not going to sort of take them out and make it feel you know totally different. And then we just had the pleasure, particularly later in the movie with some of the action sequences and, and just, yeah, having these sort of camera angles, you wouldn't normally do in the show and just go big.
0: Yeah. I love that. And, you know, Janelle, there's, there's so many people working on this movie who have been part of Bob's Burgers for years and, and are so entrenched in knowing every single detail and knowing these characters so intrinsically. But also there's a lot of people that have worked on the TV show that have never made a feature film before. Um, and so what was that, that journey of really building out a key team of collaborators and people to come on board and make this film and making sure that you were bringing, in essence, the Bob's Burgers family with you, but also introducing new voices and people that could bring perspectives and, and ideas to enhance the way that you were telling this as a feature?
4: It was a lot of fun trying to figure out how we were going to make it because it does start with these three and they are the the drivers of the series as well. So as we were producing the film and the series, we wanted to be sure that everybody who worked hard on the series felt the movie as a reward, just like we did. It's after all these years on the series, this movie is like our opportunity because none of us have made a film. So in figuring it out, we tried to plan out how we can continue with the series and not impact the series and allow all the artists and production to also have a touch point on the film. So it was a little bit easier than we probably set out, especially once we found those new people to add to our family, like Reuben Hickman. Um, he really was a great addition to the movie and was one of the few that had not worked on the series prior that joined us for the film. Um, the majority of the staff, was from the series and they had certain touch points on the film. That's why it took us a little bit longer because we did have to juggle both the series and the film.
0: And, and Lauren and, and Nora, in terms of the way that you've told this story, and, and it touches a little bit upon what, upon what you're both talking about before, you know, it really feels like you wanted to take the internal world of the characters and, and have that be the central driving force of, of the way that you were telling the story. And then that the spaces where you could go a little bit bigger and be a little bit more heightened were the external elements around them. Um, And so how did you set about, you know, creating all of these individual character arcs in a way that feels like it's very much about the internal and the emotional journey for all of them, you know, even just looking at the journey that Louise goes through and some of the backstory that we get there is really just this internalized driving force for her as a character in the same way that you've done for all of them.
1: I think we, um, I think one of the very first cards we put on our bulletin board uh, when we were breaking the story was just the five main characters uh, and, 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 and Teddy too. So the six, and it was, it was, Um, we knew that one of the games we could play, if we wanted to to really make the movie um, feel um, as big as it could be, is we tried to figure out what was the defining characteristic of the character, and how could the story challenge that defining characteristic? How could each character basically have a crisis that was almost like fundamental to who they are? And that was our guiding light from the very beginning. We, I don't think we ever really took our eye off that ball and tried to build the story with that in mind. And, and you know, that's uh, character driven storytelling is, is uh, works for the show too. <laughs> uh, but we never had been able to go quite so deep with this idea of crisis where it's like not only are their very lives going to be at risk but who they are as people is also going to be in doubt at least for them at least for a moment
2: and it was fun all of us who grew up on the you know animated disney movies and stuff like to use that first song as like Um, it was a challenge to be able to put so much exposition into that first song about what these characters wanted, but it was fun to like be doing the thing that we've seen since we were growing up, you know, and like, and have it like, you know, we were pretty happy with it. We were like, wow, we got to get all this stuff in this first, like you come in it right away with like, this is what, you know, all these characters are struggling with. And also it's five characters and along the way sometimes people were like maybe everybody doesn't have an arc and we're like you don't want like somebody to be along for the ride with those five characters like there's all so interesting and complex and every they all deserved an arc so we like kind of fought to like make space for everybody and have people's arcs work with each other
0: and get everybody their due and and within that you know for all of you one of the things that it sounds like was important in the making of the the feature as well is trying to make sure that it included all these different potential elements and genres and aspects but never being too much of just one thing so there's musical numbers throughout but it's not a musical because there is not so many musical numbers for example you know you can have a mystery element a romance element but not too much of either and so what what were a lot of the discussions that you all had as as collaborators in trying to make sure that you were including these different aspects, that the flow between those different spaces always worked, and that you were never leaning too heavily into one specific genre in the way that you told this.
1: I I can take that one. I like it. Uh, We realized early on that we we were dealing with uh, genre jumping, genre jumping, and it was... It was important to communicate that to everyone who was working on the movie because I think there was a moment when it was like, Oh, it's a mystery. And and everyone was like, Okay, we got it. I I like mysteries. I know I know what happens in a mystery. But we, Nora and I in particular, when it was just, you know, a script on the page and certainly later when we got into boards, it was no, it's um, it's going to jump from genre to genre as you need it to, um, and which we've done on the series. We we do it fairly um, loosely and casually on the series, and I think you almost don't notice when we borrow from one convention and and sort of uh, quote it. Um, but in the movie, we we basically uh, we, we embraced it. We said to, to each other whenever we had an opportunity, this is um, not going to sit neatly in one thing, um, but it won't. But it's okay. Uh, the audience is, is going to be uh, there for us. I, I think uh, modern audiences are very sophisticated and they can handle that. They get that a song can ha- have the characters full blown singing, you know, at the top of their lungs and dancing. And it doesn't mean that there's going to be a, a traditional musical structure. Uh, and similarly, you could say there's going to be a murder and there's going to be a mystery, but it's not a traditional mystery. I think we're all pretty adept Um, At this borrowing and grabbing and jumping and uh, it's really fun. Also, it's just a, a pleasure to be able to do that because if you love those genres, then you're you're just dipping and getting the froth off the top of the off of the top of the bucket, you know.
0: And, and Bernard and, and Janelle, I wanted to, to ask both of you a little bit about the creation of, of temp scenes as part of the production process, because it's not something where you sit there and you have the finalized version of the script and, and then you create the scenes and, and it's just one flow. It's it's creating all these temporary visualizations of scenes. I think Lauren and Nora were doing a lot of the voiceovers because you don't have the cast necessarily coming in at that stage. And so what does that look like behind the scenes in terms of that process and, and what's the value and how that helps you to figure out certain elements and scenes and certain ways that you want to tell certain narrative beats from being able to not just sit there with the script, but to have the full visualization of it up in front of you.
3: I think, uh, yeah, it was a very fluid um, process, particularly at the start, because I mean, there yeah, Lauren and Nora was sort of feeling their way and and we, we had some big parts of the story we knew was happening, but other parts were sort of they were finding. So we were constantly boarding sequences. And um, But the beauty of it, you know, there's a lot of pressure on you on, on the show when you're working on the series because, you know, you, you don't have that luxury to sort of explore stuff. It's like go, go, go. You've got to get this out the door in two months or whatever it is. Um, but... It was a luxury and it was actually nice. Like I, I, I love that process. That you know, we we had a whole we had a whole section where Bob and Linda go to a um, go to the town hall, and there was a big musical number in there, and we were developing all that, and it was a lot of fun. But then I was like, no, what? You're going to go in a different direction. So, um, yeah, it was it was just the story, particularly at the start, was just constantly evolving. And, um, but yeah, we were all, we were all up for it because we just didn't have that time. You know, at that point we were just like, just keep going until we get it. So it was, it was good fun. I
4: do support that. It We did adapt how we make the series into a much longer and somewhat more enjoyable creative process. But really with the series, we're very collaborative. We do revise things at least seven times from when we get a script to when we deliver the episode, there's rewrites, there's reanimating, there's reboarding. And that's kind of what makes Bob's that much more special is that every milestone we're trying to refine it and make it that much better. And I think that's where the movie opportunity and even the schedule allowed us to do that with a lot more enjoyment so the script was not done being written until about three months before we delivered the movie because it was always about refining the audio a line something could be funnier something can land better and that's what the team does kind of organically and then taking it to the movie was just that much more enjoyable because we had the time to give to it.
0: Yeah. and and Nora speaking of of continuing to refine and redraft the script you know even as you were getting close into production you know this this is a project that's been gestating for a number of years and and has been through a number of different drafts and you said that you always knew where that where it was going to start and where it was going to end but it was the middle that that would keep adjusting and evolving and changing and so especially when you you'd been kind of spending that much time with the material what do you feel was the benefit of actually having had more time having had more drafts and and more time to finish it in terms of what that ended up giving the richness and the texture of the final version of the film um I feel like it, it was I mean just like Bernard said
2: it's it was great to be able to sit with it because we don't get to sit with anything and be like is this like exactly what we want is this like delivering everything exactly how we want it to and so it was just like the and I love to just throw everything away in streamer, so like that was especially fun But also, like, I feel like there were drafts where, like, I think very, like, dialogue. That's just how I think, like, jokes and dialogue or, like, hopefully jokes. And, like, Bernard was great at just pushing us to, like, this is going to be on a giant screen. Like, what is the visual gag here? Like what, how can you think visually? Like it's not just about people yakking at each other. Like what is an amazing like set piece that you can do here? So like having more time for that was just like, I think just rewiring our brains to like think more like movie set pieces, um, which I don't think
0: we would have been able to do without this much, this much time. I love that you know and and obviously talking about making a larger scope for a feature film and in a juxtaposition for the short my butt has a feature you've got the opposite thing of how do we tell a really big story in a really small finite amount of time and create an entire arc with these characters and and bring people straight in at the center of everything Um, and so what were kind of the opposite challenges that came from you know again taking the same characters and world and telling a story in a very different way and a much more finite amount of time with the short.
1: The short was was a dress rehearsal for the movie. It worked out uh, really well in that regard. It was this, um, in a lot of ways, it was us proving to ourselves that we could make something that looked good enough to put on the big screen. And, and, and in a lot of ways, it was this also proving to ourselves that we could do that spectacle thing. And so uh, it was, in, even though, it was intended for theaters and then theaters didn't exist for a while. And so as a result, it it didn't um, ever have its its day in the sun. It didn't get to be in you know theaters all across the nation in front of uh, whatever movie it was going to be in front of. I mean, it did get to screen it, and I'm really thankful for that. There are there are people who saw it in movie theaters, but um, its intended purpose, which was to introduce the theater going audience to the Bob's Burgers universe, uh, it maybe th- it didn't accomplish that but it really accomplished its secret purpose which was for us to get our confidence up and and it, it worked wonderfully in that regard some of the very first images that we saw um, that we knew were going to be part of our feature pipeline were from that short and they were exactly what you would want. There was that, you know, very first shot of the school, and Ruben came in on his—I mean, it felt like his first day—and showed us what shadows, uh, and and depth, and a little more texture would look like on that background that we'd seen so many times. Um, and uh, yeah, what you know, again, like Nora was saying, and, and everyone's saying, we got to do um, an enormous amount of work that only yeah it only spanned a few minutes of time but but it was um a lot of uh of gestation and and drafting um and and in a way it it was the per- it didn't matter that it was only a few minutes it, it was it was a great um big um whatever those things are called when you pull it on a on a outboard engine and it starts everything going it was that it was this um, pull cord that just got our motor running uh, and I'm so glad, I'm so grateful for it.
2: And also I mean, like I- we knew right away that we wanted to do a song. Cause that's like what we like to do. But then like the, the whole dancing aspect of it was kind of like something we'd always dreamed about, but that like, we were getting to see like, like Lauren had this fantasy of, choreographed dancing i mean like multiple people doing the same dance and how like powerful that can be and then bernard is amazing at drawing silly dances and so that was the first time we got to see that and be like oh like yes this is a big part of what we want to be in the movie
0: that's so great you know and and i love what lauren is saying there as well about the short really being a space for everyone to to build some of their confidence going into making the feature and so for the rest of you what is some of the confidence that you feel like that ended up giving you in terms of the process that you then were going through with creating a feature film off the back of that
3: um i know you know in in a lot of ways um you know 2d animation is sort of becoming a lost art and it's it's not easy to find high quality 2d animation anymore it's not not like it was you know 20 30 years ago and so there was I was also I was very worried about that. It's like, how can we partner with the right people and get this level of animation? And uh, we we found um, Mercury up in Canada, Mercury Studios, and they were and they and they were just they were just perfect. And and when when the first test came back, I was really nervous. And then I was like, how because you know, if, if this doesn't work, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna be in trouble. And uh, but they they got it and they and to see our characters that uh, you know the the animation in primetime animation is quite limited but to all of a sudden the, and and the other challenge too is our our characters were always designed for primetime they were designed really for, to be three quarters talking to each other they they were never designed to be able to sort of turn around in 3D and and have um like big fluid head moves because you know eyes are just jumping all over the place so but when we saw those first tests come in it was it was yeah it was fantastic and so they got it and to see our characters moving like that was was just awesome
0: and how about for you Janelle
4: I mean I think they covered quite a bit I it every step of the way I think I was more impressed with what we can do with our characters with the story even with the sound and it just I don't know. I still feel making the movie was a reward for all of us. And after it's done, I still feel that, that it was every part of it, even the headaches were enjoyable when, you know, just like giving birth to children, right on the backside, it's all good. Everything's great. And, and it really feels that way. I, I hope there's a day that we can do another one because um, we've learned so much and we've grown so much from it. So it seems exciting to see what we would do. Yeah. And, uh,
0: yeah, and, and, and this is, a question that's kind of beyond the movie and with the show as well, because one one of the things within calibrations of scenes is that there's always a difference of of how you're getting a window into a character based on who are the other characters in the scene and what's the ripple effect of them. You know, even just like between Bob and Linda, it's like having one of them be more pessimistic, one of them be more optimistic. What's the balance and kilter that that creates when they're in scenes together, both facing the same external problem? And so, as you're always creating new scenes for the show or creating scenes for movies. Um, how do you kind of set about thinking not just what is this individual characters arc, but how do the characters around them influence the way that they're going to respond to external situations at this point?
1: Mm. I mean, yeah, that's, I think you just, that's the, the live wire in in all of storytelling, right? It's, there's, you know, you, you think, you know, your characters, but then you, uh, uncover little um, turns and twists that reveal even more, and then of course there's uh, the weird and great pleasure of working on a show that's lasted as long as this, because that's a whole other thing too. This they they don't you know prepare you. Uh, very few people even get the chance to consider what it's like to tell stories about a bunch of characters that are not going to age. They're going to live the same period of their life, but you're going to age and you're going to be 13 years older with kids who have grown up during the show. And you're going to go from writing a certain way to writing another way. Everything in a way, the whole world will change. You'll have to change the way television looks. You're gonna, we literally had CRT monitors in the beginning of Bob's and now everything's flat screen. We have different phones, so much changes. And yet our task in some ways is to go back to the source and say, no, they're in fourth grade, sixth grade, eighth grade. The parents are in their mid forties. The the restaurant will neither succeed nor fail and nothing will change. But, but you get this strange challenge slash pleasure of going back and re-examining who they are, how they would react to a situation, how they're gonna react to each other, and how does it feel to you? Is it still meaningful? And you have to, I think, if you're gonna do work that still feels alive, is you have to insist that it's meaningful to you. And that that means it's going to change. Um, And your perception of those characters is gonna change, but you also, we know those characters pretty darn well. So you start, you have them in your, you know, in, in different segments of your heart and you can pull out the part of you that's Louise and the part of you that's Linda and so on and, and, and access them. It's, it's a strange job. It really is a weird job.
0: I mean, I also think that answer, you know, hits hits the nail on the head of one of the very unique challenges of working in an animated series like this is you want to have a journey that the characters will go on episode by episode, but like you said, they're never aging, so you can only do so much with them. And so in the scope of then looking at that from a feature perspective, where they're going on even more of an introspective journey, how did you find the balance of how far can we take the introspective journey that each character is going on without it ever fundamentally changing them because it's not even just that the movie has to work as a function as an extension of the show it also has to work in a way that people can come away from the show watch the movie and then go back into the show afterwards
2: yeah i mean yeah it has to reset back to square one like at the end of it yeah. also and they everyone got like a can. drama. like they were in a drama situation they should all like all our next episodes should be about just like therapy and like <laughs> coming to terms with the fact that they almost died and that life is you know short and fragile but yeah we just gotta start over at the beginning but also i guess i mean to me i never get too worried about it because it feels like it is sort of how life works a little bit where you're supposed to learn the thing and move on, but you have to learn it in different ways. And you keep realizing you, you're you not, you know, you could live better as a human being and stuff. So the resetting thing to me doesn't feel too distant from how things really are. But yeah, it's like they have to go through a whole journey and find themselves and get back to themselves without it feeling like, because we call it chump bait, like, you know, they're going to get back to them, you know, you know, they're going to reset. So it's like, it just has to feel as like, we just have to take from our own organic experiences and be like, you know, this is the journey I went on. So hopefully people will relate, you know, will relate that like you get back to yourself at the end of that.
1: And the and Louise's hat was the one, we gave ourselves that. We knew, right. we knew that there was gonna be a change that this little girl who so, I mean, she, you know, we've established on the series that she does not want anyone to mess with that hat. She does not want to be seen without that hat. She is very, very, very wrapped up in, in that wearing that hat. And yet we knew that this story had to take her to a place where that thing will fall off her head and she will not care. And we knew we weren't going to show it because we wanted to stay within this, you know, this fence that we gave ourselves, but we wanted her to say it's what it's no big deal and be casual. And so it was this huge change in a way, but of course the pleasure of the movie, I think at least to toot our own horn for a moment, is that they had this huge drama, life and death, murder and mayhem, and then it, in the end, it all comes down to, to some extent to this nine-year-old girl and whether or not she's okay when her hat falls off her head. And that was fun to, to be able to go down to this smallest thing. Um, and she's not gonna stop wearing it, but presumably we wouldn't we wouldn't do eerie rider again the episode where she you know uh freaks out <laughs> she's right. she's she has changed in that regard yeah. i mean
0: I, I love all those details and it's it's such a such a fantastic movie and was such an enjoyable watch and i so appreciate all of you sharing all of these incredible details that went into every single decision in in creating and making this feature film so congratulations and and thank you so much for your time today thank you yeah. Yeah.